Aging Matters is sponsored in part by the Aging Life Care Association, an organization of aging life care professionals. Aging life care professionals offer guidance, advocacy, and support for older adults and their families in order to maximize quality of life. An aging life care professional can be there for your loved one when you can't be. More information about the Aging Life Care Association is available at www.midatlanticalca.org. and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERA Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. The Program of All-Inclusive Care for the Elderly, also known as PACE, provides comprehensive medical and social services to certain frail elderly people still living in the community. A major goal of PACE is to prevent unnecessary use of hospital and nursing home care. Today, my guest is Dr. Nicholas Joseph, the Executive Director of Cherry Blossom PACE in Alexandria, Virginia. He's going to talk about how PACE works, how to enroll in PACE, and the types of services the program offers. He will also explain the application process for participating in PACE and share information about Cherry Blossom PACE. So welcome, Dr. Joseph, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Cheryl. It's great to be here. Very excited to talk about PACE. Well, then let's get started. As you heard, I I explained a little bit in terms of what the programs of all-inclusive care for the elderly are, but I know lots of folks really don't know or have never heard of this. So give us some more details about PACE and how it works. Sure. Uh, I'm the executive director at Cherry Blossom PACE. Here we believe in helping seniors age with health, independence, and dignity. How we do that is we provide and uh, coordinate health care and support services. And by that, what we do is we will put together your kind of initial service plan, do your care plan, and then provide all the care necessary to help keep you safe in the community and as independent as possible. And is PACE a Medicare and Medicaid program? Yes, so PACE is actually a health plan. And what that means is it becomes your Medicare benefit. So um, typically you'll be both Medicare and Medicaid eligible, what's known also as dual eligible. And the way it works is um, the state that PACE is in has to actually elect the opportunity to provide this service as a waiver. And so that's how um, the Medicare and Medicaid kind of come into play. Um, With the Medicaid portion, the states can determine whether or not they want to participate and offer PACE. So PACE is not necessarily in every single state. Just so people would understand, unless uh, Medicaid has approved the PACE program, then even if it's also partially uh, Medicare-approved, if Medicaid, the state program, has not approved it, then you can't find PACE. Is, is that true? That's true. So let me re- rephrase it a little bit. Maybe it'll be a little more clear. Is that um, federally, Medicare has been approved for PACE nationally. And then the second half of it is the state then has to elect to either participate or not participate. So it's really down to the, to the state participating, and they participate through the Medicaid benefit. Okay. That's that's very helpful then, so that people would understand that unless the, the state has approved it through their Medicaid program, uh, it would not be found in the state. So do you have any idea how many states uh, now the Medicaid program have uh, approved the PACE program? Yes, uh, I do wish it was in all 50 states. Unfortunately, right now it's in about, um, about 35 states. All right. Well, then let's move on. Tell us about who can get PACE? What, what is the age requirement? What are the other requirements that participants or potential participants might have in order to uh, enroll in PACE? Sure. So to start with, you don't have to be Medicare and Medicaid eligible. That is not actually a requirement to get in the PACE. PACE has four main pillars to determine eligibility, and it starts with age. 
for PACE, you have to be 55 years of age or older. You also have to live in a service area of PACE. So the way that the PACE programs operate, in some states, there's competition with overlapping zip codes. In other states, there is no competition in the zip codes that you serve. And so um, in order to come into the program, you'd have to live in a zip code that has a PACE program in it. The other piece is you have to live safely in the community with the support of the PACE services. The reason for that, of course, is PACE's mission is to keep people uh, out of nursing homes uh, when they're not needed. And so to do that, the person has to be able to live safely in the community. The other kind of last piece of requirement is that they have to be qualified to live in a nursing home level of care. So what that means is I don't want people to get a, get worried that, oh, I have to be in a nursing home or be moving to a nursing home. That's not what that means. What that means is that you have certain needs, such as your activities of daily living or a issue with your ability to make decisions that would score you high enough for the state's requirements to live in a nursing home. The goal, of course, is not to live in a nursing home, it's to stay in your community, stay as independent as possible with the support of the PACE services, and to really have the community of PACE help you be as successful in aging at home as possible. And when you say certified to, to need nursing home care, is there some body that actually makes that determination? Um, how, how would one know uh, either as an aging adult themselves or, you know, a family member who is thinking about this program for their loved one, how would that particular requirement happen? That's a great question, Cheryl, and it's one that's really important to, depending on your area. Uh, I'll give you, for example, in Virginia here, um, the county social service departments will come out and do what's called a, a uniform assessment instrument um, kind of test. And it's a series of questions They'll ask about your medical background, your needs in the home, kind of what you're able to do, what you're not able to do, and it will give you a score. And then that score will tell the, the person doing the test uh, what level of care is needed. If it's something where you qualify or you don't qualify based on the number of points that you score. Um, each state does it a little bit different, um, but they're all kind of the same type of checking of your, your medical needs, and then figuring out what your, your point score would be to determine if you qualify for a nursing home or not. It's just what tool is used is different in each state. And I'm also wondering whether, uh, as, as far as payment for services, because Medicaid exists in the, on the state level and the uh, economic levels are different in different states, does that mean that the payment for services would, would vary, vary uh, depending on which state you're in. How does, you know, I was just trying to figure out what determines what a PACE participant would pay for services. Again, Cheryl, that's a, that's a great question, and it very much depends on the state that you're in. Each program, each PACE program will have certain staff members that are there to help guide through the process. Um, here at Cherry Blossom PACE, if um, any of your listeners are, are interested in learning that process of, of how it's paid for or how do you qualify, they can always reach out to us um, at our toll-free number, which is 888-524-2060. And someone will be very happy to walk them through uh, all the ins and outs of PACE and qualifying for PACE. Um, but as for how does the Medicare, Medicaid, and then the the participant have to pay for these services. Um, if you are um, at a certain threshold of your income and you qualify for long-term care Medicaid here in Virginia, um, there would be no cost to you. Um, if you're over a certain threshold, which is about $1,300 um, in Virginia, you would have a patient liability amount between uh, the $1,300 and then the, the top of the uh, Medicaid allowance, depending on your income. Most of the participants that join uh, here in Virginia fall under the threshold of the income limitation, and they end up not having a patient liability portion to their uh, uh, monthly capitated rate that is, is paid to the PACE program. And what that means is the capitated rate 
means a lump sum, and that lump sum payment is it comes from the state and the federal government, uh, basically Medicare and Medicaid. And the participants do not have to pay a premium or a copay in addition to that Medicaid Medicare payment. What that means is once you have qualified and been enrolled in PACE and you don't have a, a patient liability amount or you have a, a small patient liability amount depending on your income, there's no additional charges for you as a member. Um, that includes any and all services that are medically necessary determined by our, our interdisciplinary team because the interdisciplinary team operates kind of as a health plan and the health provider. So we are the insurance company and also the clinical providers as well. Um, that allows us to um, really control the outcomes and the costs and also provide you the, the most individualized type of care possible. Okay, well, that's a good segue into my next question, which is looking at the enrollment and the application process for PACE. Is this a, an extensive process? Do they uh, look on the website? What, what do folks need to know who may realize that they qualify for this program? The application, like I said before, is there's a, a team of people who are, are willing to help you get through it. There are some very small nuances that, that are difficult to manage if you don't have kind of that, that somebody there to help you. So we do have our, a couple different ways to connect with us if you're interested to go through the enrollment process. And like I said earlier, the phone number, which is 888-524-2060. Um, however, we also have an email address if people would rather send an email and not have to necessarily talk directly to somebody to begin with. Um, the, the email is info at cherryblossompace.com. That's I-N-F-O at cherryblossompace, all one word, dot com. And what that team would do is they would ask you a few simple questions to determine whether or not you're going to meet kind of those, those general pillars of, of qualifying for a PACE program. Um, if you do, what they will do next is actually come out to your home and meet with you and anybody else that you would like to be there um, and kind of go through the questions and details to get a good picture of, of kind of your situation, your financial situation, to see um, what additional um, pieces will be needed, as in um, will you need help creating a Medicaid account or do you already have Medicaid? Um, is your Medicare active or do you need help getting Medicare active? Um, so there is a lot of uh, initial support that will happen once kind of that home visit occurs. And now let's say you've passed through the, the home visit stage, you then would have what's called a home safety evaluation where we would have a, a nurse and occupational therapist come out to the house, um, look to make sure that you can um, stay safely in your home because as we, as we remember earlier, we said one of the requirements is to remain safe in your house. And so the OT and the nurse will do the home safety evaluation, look to see if there's anything that PACE can do to assist in making sure that your home is as safe as possible, which will mean looking at um, grab bars, if it's a two-story home, are you able to go up and down the stairs safely? Um, is there, uh, are you able to get from your front door to our transportation bus, or do you have to have a different type of situation such as a ramp? Um, and those other pieces. And then once you pass the uh, home safety evaluation and you uh, have completed your, um, your uh, financial, which is your Medicaid application, and then also have your county's UAI completed, then you would be able to enroll in the program. And the other piece is with that UAI, if you have one already, let's say you're receiving services um, in the county uh, that you reside in, in Virginia, and you're already on a what's called a, a waiver program or a CCC plus waiver, you may hear it called. Um, that means that somebody has done a UAI on you, and if there has not been a break in service, we can use that same UAI and get you into the program um, pretty quickly. If that UAI hasn't been completed or you haven't received long-term care services in a while, um, we would have to get a new UAI performed, which would mean the county would have to come out to your house and also ask you some questions. 
Right now with COVID, um, a lot of it is done uh, virtually. Other parts are required to be done in person, such as that home safety evaluation. And so, well, a lot of this is focused on how uh, an individual is living in their home. They, you do provide services at a PACE facility. That's the one in, in Alexandria. So tell us a little bit about what does that PACE facility look like? I think I certainly was very interested as I was preparing these questions. I wanted to know, and uh, again, I would imagine other folks would like to as well. Yes, so the Cherry Blossom Pace Center is located at 1901 North Beauregard Street in Alexandria, Virginia, which is zip code 22311. Uh, it's right across the street from the Hilton Mark Center. Um, the location we picked was because of the fact, um, as you kind of alluded to, Cheryl, we provide a whole suite of services. One of them is transportation. Another one is our, our beautiful center here. Um, with transportation, we wanted to make sure that we could reach our service area uh, in a very efficient manner that would keep people on the bus for as short as possible and allow them to be in the day center and enjoy all of our, our um, kind of activities uh, more than being on the bus uh, as much as possible here at the center. The center is two stories. Uh, we have an, an upstairs and a downstairs. It's uh, completely remodeled uh, within the last three months. Um, uh, office building that we have converted into a, um, uh, a clinic and day center. When you come in through the front door, you'd be greeted by our receptionist. Uh, and you'll, first thing you'll notice is that it does not look like a nursing home. It is not a nursing home. It is, it is somewhat like a adult day center. Uh, it's very much designed to not look like an institution, but to look like somebody's home and to also feel very comfortable. You'll come in, you'll see um, uh, multiple day centers that we have. We have different rooms uh, depending on level of activities. We have a nice kind of lounger with a fireplace where you can sit and have your morning coffee, read the newspaper and chat with your friends. Um, and then it goes into the, the main day center where there are um, quite a few tables uh, and we'll hopefully have our center filled up pretty quickly to where you'll have a lot of uh, social interactions happening There'll be a, a light continental breakfast available, um, a hot lunch, and uh, throughout the whole day, there's activities planned. While you're at the center, um, that's on the first floor. On the second floor is really where the clinical piece happens. Um, we have a full doctor's clinic with um, multiple exam rooms, nurses. Um, our physician is here. Uh, we also have a full rehab gym as well. Um, our rehab gym is overseen by our physical and occupational therapists. Um, we have uh, quite a bit of machines for not only uh, physical and occupational therapy, we also have a, a mock kitchen, which can be used for occupational therapy to make sure that assist devices can be translated to you being safe in the home so you can practice them here at the center under our supervision. Um, and then there's also ability to do full physical therapy, so recovery from any type of, of, of injury, hospital stay, or needs are there. And we're not limited by a number of days that we can provide the care. What we are able to do is provide as much care as we determine is necessary to either maintain or to uh, improve your, your physical strength and abilities. So the, the center is actually um, about 15,000 square feet. Um, the best part that I like the most is, are the beautiful windows. So when the leaves are changing or, or the cherry blossoms bloom, we can see those outside the windows and everybody can really appreciate the fact that we're not kind of in an industrial complex, but rather in something that feels very much like a, a nice, uh, in the middle of a neighborhood community. So it's great. And I was wondering, since you said that uh, there are pace programs, at least in 35 states. Is this what you describe, kind of the model of PACE programs around the country because of the similarity in services and the team? And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But these are what's available in each PACE facility around the country? Yes, all those pieces are, are required to be a PACE program. So there are, PACE programs are ex extremely regulated. That's why you hear the CMS and the, the state regulatory bodies 
here it's called DMAS in Virginia. Uh, they work very closely with the PACE programs to ensure that um, all the services and everything is provided uh, to top quality. They will come in and do spot checks and um, also kind of meet on a regular basis to talk about um, conditions that are happening in the, in the community that we're trying to help with and try to help uh, the rest of the state all work together to really solve some issues. One other question that I wanted to to hear or, or get an answer from you is, you mentioned already what the requirements are for the individuals who can participate. What what do you see in terms of the the types of, of health conditions of PACE participants? Are there kind of like a top five of chronic health conditions or what is kind of what you would see most of it, mostly in, in PACE programs? The PACE participant typically, because of the fact that they are, are going to qualify to live in a nursing home, means that they usually have quite a few what we call comorbidities or multiple illnesses all at the same time. So let's just take a, a typical doctor's office or a, do, a typical patient that a doctor would see. They would see somebody who has like diabetes, another patient would have heart failure, another patient might have some, some chronic wounds, another one may have some breathing trouble called COPD where they have to use oxygen. Here in PACE, those are very common as well, but the interesting part about PACE is that each participant will have multiple of those most likely. They'll have diabetes with, with issues with their heart, such as heart failure, and also have COPD issues and may or may not require oxygen. It's not uncommon for us to see those very complicated um, medical presentations here in the program. Um, but that's not necessarily required. What's required is, is that they, they qualify to need kind of a lot of that ADL help. And those conditions really will um, make somebody require that help. And just for, for people out there listening to know what ADLs or activities of daily living are, um, those are kind of those key pieces that everybody um, needs to be able to do to really kind of take care of themselves, such as bathing, dressing, going to the bathroom, um, transferring from like a chair to the bed or the chair to the toilet, and then also feeding themselves. And so for the PACE participant, or if you're trying to figure out what does a PACE participant look like to me, um, you're going to see somebody who requires a little bit of help in those areas that we just talked about for those ADLs. So you may be the caregiver or the, the, uh, the daughter or the son to uh, a potential participant, and you're like, oh, my mom can't bathe by herself. She needs help going um, into the, the bathtub. We have a special chair that she uses to get in and out. Um, whenever she goes to the bathroom, she requires somebody to come and help her uh, either clean up or get off of the toilet or sit on the toilet. Um, and then for feeding, you know, some people may need help where they can't cut their own food and they need help actually getting the food from the plate to their mouth. They may need just a little bit of support or they may actually need some way to feed them. Um, all those pieces kind of come into play as you look at the different conditions that are there as well. So the ADLs will be kind of a trigger but those ADLs end up getting impaired or needing help when our, our participants are, are pretty sick. And the ones that come into our program typically will have um, three to six of those ADL needs, but then they'll also have probably one to two kind of chronic medical conditions such as diabetes and heart failure or COPD. Okay, well, that's a good time to, uh, to stop right now and to take a break. You've given us so much information already, Dr. Joseph, in terms of enrollment and uh, the other kinds of things that we need to know. So we're going to learn more about services and the team in the second half. And by the way, if you have uh, just tuned in, we're talking with Dr. Nicholas Joseph, who is the executive director of the Cherry Blossom PACE. And for those of you who don't know, that's the program of all-inclusive care for the elderly. And... You're listening to WERA Arlington, 96.7 FM. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Nicholas Joseph, the Executive Director of the Cherry Blossom Pace in Alexandria, Virginia. And we want to now learn more about what are the services, who are the providers that are at the PACE that um, help the participants who qualify for PACE benefits. So, so Dr. Joseph, explain who are the, the team members that provide the services at, at PACE. And I just want to make sure that our listeners understand that these are the same in all PACE programs. So help us understand who, who's there to help the participants. Each PACE program is required to have what's called an interdisciplinary team. You'll hear a lot of times IDT, um, which stands for interdisciplinary team, and it's made up of 11 members. And that's the same at all PACE programs. Those 11 members are going to be your center manager. Um, You are going to have your primary care provider. That can be a a physician or a a nurse practitioner or even PA. Um, You'll have your uh, registered nurse. You'll have your physical therapist, occupational therapist, recreation therapist, uh, a registered dietitian, a master's level social worker, a driver, a personal care attendant, and also a home care coordinator. Um, Those 11 disciplines, what the interesting part is, that group meets every day to talk about uh, our participants. at Cherry Blossom Pace, we have, uh, at max capacity, we'll have between 275 and 325 people in this program. And every day, that group of 11 members will talk about what occurred overnight or what um, our participants' needs are or what they're, they're seeing because we have to be very much on top of the clinical needs of our participants uh, because of the fact that they are um, sometimes fairly sick uh, or complicated individuals medically that uh, if we do not provide this this kind of attention, um, they could end up going to the emergency room or the hospital. And that's really uh, another one of the big goals of, of a PACE program is to not only keep people out of the nursing homes, but also keep the use of the emergency room and the hospitals to a minimum by providing excellent uh, primary and preventive services. And the team does that. Um, We have the interdisciplinary team meeting on a daily basis. They address the needs. And if you have, let's just say you're the participant, Cheryl, and you have a request for, um, you know, something that, and you want to see the doctor, we'd be able to create an appointment for you within the the same day, typically, or even uh, at most the next day for you to come and actually see the, the physician. Um, the, you and the physician will have a discussion if it's a, a medical-related issue. Um, if you want to have more therapy, uh, you can request that and ask for that, and the team will then review it and let you know um, how, how that will be provided to you and then get you uh, appointments with our physical and occupational therapists as needed. Um, the best part is, is that those services don't even have to be here at the center the team can actually come out to you in the home and provide those services if it's the most appropriate for you. So even though we have this beautiful building, this beautiful center, um, we are able to kind of meet the participant where they're needed to be at. So if they, if it's best for us to provide care in the home, we will do that. Um, but getting back to the interdisciplinary team, they meet every day and they talk about kind of um, the needs of our participants and then they determine as a group um, what services are offered and how they're going to be offered and provided and they do that in the form of a care plan and that care plan will kind of take your individual goals as the participant and incorporate them into that care plan so that we're working for your goals Um, it's a big collaborative um, process to where once you're a participant in the program we're not here to tell you how to live your life, what we're here to do is support you in living your life. And so um, that care plan will be with the input of the participant and really be addressing their goals. Um, Their goals may be to, uh, you know, stay at home for as long as possible. So what that means is um, we'll make sure that the home is always appropriately accommodated for with grab bars or railings that are needed to ensure that safety and then also work with your strengths. So if you had to go up and downstairs, um, 
you know, you'd be able to do that. Uh, other goal may be to um, quit smoking. And so if you wanted to quit smoking, you know, that could be on your care plan. And then our, our physician, our nurses would work with you to, you know, have the right medications to help you, but also have you um, supported with the psychosocial aspects to have the, the supportive um, communication and care groups to talk about, you know, quitting smoking. The interdisciplinary team is really like the key to PACE. And each individual has kind of a, a different role on a day-to-day but as a, as a whole, as a team, that's really where the magic happens. If somebody is listening right now and saying, wow, my relative would, would qualify and would benefit from these particular services, is there some kind of a transition that occurs if the person is currently you know, with a non-PACE physician? Describe a little as to what would happen and if that person gets transferred from a, a non-PACE provider or service to PACE. How, how does that work? Sure. I do want to remind your listeners, if you do have questions or anything that we haven't touched on, always just give us a call here, um, toll free at 888-524-2060. And the way that PACE works is we talked about that team. That team has our own primary care physicians. We really um, use that team to serve our participants well. So that means when you come into the program, you're going to come into kind of our team and our team is going to be your sole provider. And then everything's going to be um, provided through that team with our network of specialists. So a lot of times we will have the ability to kind of connect with those in the community. They'll be part of our, our extended PACE team through contracting. They won't be necessarily here at the center, but they'll be people who understand what we do, been trained on PACE, and understand that our participants kind of have the support network there. So we work very closely with them, and um, they they have the same mission that we do about keeping the individual independent and safe at home and uh, avoiding unnecessary use of the nursing homes. So if, you, if you've had uh, a lot of times, what, you, what we'll hear is, I've had the same doctor for the last 35 years. I don't want to change my doctor. And uh, one of the things about PACE is we have great physicians. Here at Cherry Blossom, um, our medical director is a uh, uh, geriatrician, fellowship trained at at the Harvard multi-campus program. She is uh, Dr. Kelly Schoenberg. She's an excellent physician, and she is um, very much uh, the ideal primary care geriatrician provider for PACE. I would love for her to be my own physician, unfortunately, that I, I don't qualify for PACE. But um, she is an excellent physician. And what we'll see is when people want to join the program, they'll be hesitant to give up their, their current physician. When you ask about why, it's just like, well, I feel comfortable with them. It's like, okay, when did you last see them? They may not have seen them for over a year. They may not have seen them for over six months. Um, and then when they do go see them, they'll see them for about, you know, a five or ten minute visit. And that's, that's it. I fully appreciate the relationships that are built between patients and doctors. Um, however, here at, at PACE, we're not seeing people on a um, every 20-minute appointment basis. Uh, we don't kind of have a, um, a target of seeing 20 patients in a day. Um, our target is to make sure that we spend the time that's needed with each participant to the extent that they need to have their needs met. And so our whole team, not just our, our physician, is accessible to each and every one of our participants. And they're given as much time that's needed, and they're given as many appointments that are needed. Um, And so instead of that quick five or 10 minute visit you may have with your current physician, our providers will really spend between 30 minutes and 45 minutes with each individual person um, for each appointment on a regular basis. Now, of course, some appointments may only need to have five minutes, but uh, in, uh, in most cases here, um, that extra time is not only to, um, to treat and diagnose your medical conditions, but it's also get to know who you are as a person, what's, what your goals are, and how do we come together as a team to really help you be successful in your, in your needs. 
And I was wondering then, Dr. Joseph, when the participants see this primary care provider that you mentioned, if diagnostic tests are needed, like x-rays or lab work or even maybe a CAT scan or MRI, is PACE the entity that does that? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Cheryl. Um, with PACE, um, we are your, your health plan and health providers. That means we're your health insurance and, and the people that are providing you the care. And what we do is that interdisciplinary team led by um, the center manager facilitating that team will take the recommendations of kind of our different clinicians to get you where you need to go. And by that, what I mean is anything that our team determines is medically necessary for you is covered by the program. So that includes any primary care visit, all the transportation that we provide, um, all of our center services, all of those are, are no additional cost. It's all included in the program. And let's just say you do end up getting sick and having to be in the hospital, it's all included as well. Um, if you end up having to go into a skilled nursing facility for some short subacute rehab or a short-term stay for some nursing needs that aren't able to be done safely either at our center or in the home, that's all included as well. Your medications, all your medications are provided through the PACE program and delivered to your home. Um, and all of those are, are, are a covered benefit as well. Um, the visits in the house from our, our nursing staff, our personal care staff, our CNAs, all of those are also included. Um, it just comes down to what do you need as an individual to maintain that safety in the community and also your independence at home and the PACE team can approve and provide all those services at no additional charge to you. Okay, but if somebody needs to have like an X-ray or lab work or some kind of a, a scan, is that done at the facility where you are or do they have to go someplace else to get that taken care of? So the lab, actual lab work can be done here at the center. So if you came in for your, um, your clinic visit we can draw your, your blood here or your labs here. We also can have our nurses come out to your house and get the, the labs at your home. If you need to have an x-ray, um, where we're located, there is a, a lot of uh, medical complexes around here. We would send you over to the ANOVA um, kind of radiological clinic area that would have an ability to do your x-ray or your different MRIs or any other imaging that's needed. So we'd be able to provide that all and get you to and from those appointments if you needed to leave our, our setting with our transportation. Okay. And the other part in, again, because oftentimes uh, the participants have multiple uh, health conditions, if a clinical specialist is needed, a cardiologist or a urologist or um, someone else, an oncologist, what is the process then between the primary care provider and contacting that clinical specialist? How does that work? So here at Pace, if you if you need to see a specialist, let's say the cardiologist or the GI doctor, um, our primary care provider will coordinate all of that for you. You do not have to get on the phone, schedule your own appointments. All that is done by our teams here. Um, it's really, if you step back and look at the, the services and the way that Pace provides care, it's very much a high-level concierge-like type of care. Um, you have full access 24-7 to our provider team and nurses. Um, it's very individualized with a lot of kind of as much touch points as you want with the different team members. And then when you do have to go see a specialist, we coordinate and can even transport you to those appointments. Um, and then we will follow up with those appointments and really coordinate the care for you. What that means is our primary care doc will be in touch with that specialist physician and really work together to make sure that unnecessary tests don't happen, unnecessary um, medications are started, are not started, and that we're both the, the specialist, the primary care physician, and the participant are all fully understanding the why behind the decisions that are being made. Because um, too often, the medical industry is, is, is stressed for time. 
And here at Pace, that's one of the best um, attributes is that our team can spend the time to not only coordinate appropriately the specialty care, but also then uh, explain with the participants and whoever else they would like us to explain it with um, kind of what it means, what the outcomes should be, and how do we get to there to that point um, together, and then what follow-up will have to happen. And that's all um, being communicated within that team led by that um, primary care provider and the nursing team. And then if hospitalization is needed as recommended by the clinical specialist or even the primary care, who makes the, the decisions? Nowadays, even in hospitals, we have the hospitalist. So we have the hospitalist, we have a clinical specialist who might be involved, as well as the PACE's primary care provider. How is that coordinated to make sure that the right decisions are made for the, the patient? So in the event of a, a having to go to the hospital, either the ER or the uh, inpatient stay, as we would call it, if we know that you're going to go to the ER, let's say you're, you're not feeling well and our team determines you need to go to the hospital, our primary care physician will call over and kind of give what's called give report, which will say why this person's coming so that they can be prepared for you when you get there. And it's not going to be, a, a, you know, we want to try to minimize the confusion as much as possible and have a very strong handoff so that you get the best level of care as quick as possible. Um, in the ER, of course, the, the ER physicians will manage it and our primary care doc will be there kind of on the phone walking through that physician in the ER and then also supporting the family as they're going through the process. If they end up getting admitted to the hospital, the hospitalist group will take care of them alongside our PACE primary care providers uh, input. So there'll be daily communication between the inpatient hospitalist team that's taking care on the day-to-day, -day, writing the orders, um, and then also our primary care physician here at PACE to make sure that all the necessary information is shared about the background, the medical conditions leading up to this, what we can do in PACE to help support um, a safe discharge back home instead of having to go into a, a nursing facility for a short-term stay. Um, we'll work really very much uh, in tandem with that hospitalist at the hospital uh, to provide you the best um, quality of care, but also the best uh, discharge opportunities to not um, have to go into a facility and be able to be back home as quick as you can. And in the hospital, all the other services are also included in, in part of that communications with the team so that we're knowing if you had to see the cardiologist and a test done, we'll know those results so that we can be prepared for you when you get um, out of the hospital and you're back there, back in the community so that we can all um, carry forward what the right care plan will be for you. And I did hear you say a, a few moments ago that PACE does dispense prescription drugs so that if a, a participant comes to your facility, they can get the prescription drugs right there at your facility? So we do not directly dispense from the clinic. What we have is... Uh, a pharmacy that can FedEx chronic medications to you, but then we also have all the local pharmacies, like just even your regular CVS right down the street, can get the medications from there and then be given to you by our nurses. We do not carry medications or dispense medications out of our program here. Some PACE programs will do that. Uh, it just depends on the different licensure uh, of the state and what's required. Okay. So now I just wanted to get back to that care plan in terms of who coordinates those, those care plans. Is it the primary care provider? Is it the nurse practitioner? Uh, who makes sure that all of the team members that you talked about a little bit earlier are doing what they're supposed to do? So the, the care plan is not necessarily a medical document. A lot of times there's a lot of social determinants of health that are, are needed to be addressed. And so um, here at Cherry Blossom Pace, our care plans are facilitated by the master's level social worker. Um, but each individual discipline that we mentioned earlier has their input in that care plan. Um, but the social worker leads it here. And what we want to do is not always just focus on the the medical or things that need to be improved, but also things that are going well and things that we want to support to keep going well. So um, it really is a different approach to how to provide care than I think most people are used to. 
um, but it's something that will really put that individual participant in um, the center of the show to be really supported well and have all their different needs met, including, you know, emotional, psychosocial, uh, not only their medical, but all the different needs of kind of who you are as a human being get addressed by our team so that you're supported in more than just see a doctor and get a medication type perspective. Which is why you have this interdisciplinary team, and you mentioned the various uh, members that are on that to make sure you're you're treating the whole the whole participant. Would you agree? Absolutely, and it's a great way to provide care. And the, I think the most challenging part is that not everybody can have access to this. Um, for those that do qualify for PACE, it is the absolute best way to have care provided especially when an alternative may be a nursing home. Um, this is something that I would much rather be a part of than, than be living in a nursing home if I didn't need to have it. And I was also impressed, and, and I thought you might want to expand a little bit, the fact that it's not just the services insofar as people coming in and providing something, as you had talked about activities of daily living. You also have the meals program and transportation services. Talk a little bit more about that and as to do people get meals every day? Is the transportation to uh, different places or is it just to your uh, facility? What should listeners know about your meals program and transportation? The, the meals program is something that we do at the center. So if you're here at the center, uh, we will provide you a hot lunch and then also snacks and a, a light continental type breakfast. Um, we can also provide you support in the home. So depending on what your needs are, uh, we can provide frozen meals. We can um, provide somebody in the home to help you prepare meals. Um, so we have a lot of different options to help whatever your individual needs are. Um, for transportation, we can support uh, transportation to and from the center, to and from any medical appointment, kind of any um, needs that are determined by our, our clinical team, we can support you to get there with our transportation. Um, we do really try to support as much partnership with the family and caregivers to, you know, it kind of that it takes a village for us to be as successful as possible. Um, us doing it by ourselves is not nearly as effective or um, impactful as us doing it with the participant and their loved ones or caregivers to make sure that all the needs are met at all the time. Um, and so what we'd really like to do is encourage our participants to have family members go to the appointments with them and then come back to our center and, and uh, meet and talk about what we're gonna do next or what it meant at that appointment so that we can all be on the same page um, as a PACE program and participant. And one thing that you also mentioned that is a part of the PACE program are adult day centers, and that's available at each PACE? So the adult day centers are a part of each PACE program. They're not required to come to the day center. It is a huge benefit to those who want to participate in the day center. It comes again down to that care plan and what your goals are. Uh, with our day centers, there's a a lot of activity. The whole day is planned with our recreation therapist. Uh, they give targeted kind of activities for each individual's needs. So if there's a, somebody that has some dementia, there's some dementia um, activities that can be done. If somebody has um, more of a uh, rehab therapy type uh, need, they can do um, certain dexterity uh, programs during the day. Uh, it comes down to really an individualized plan and day for each individual. The day centers get utilized a lot once people start making their friends and they really come in and they, they look forward to seeing each other and it becomes kind of a, a great social interaction time. Um, and then it also can be a huge uh, relief to a lot of uh, caregivers that are dealing with our participants that have some memory impairment that may need to have daily check-ins with their loved one here at the day center they could be here all day and be known to be in a safe place and then be able to come back home to give kind of somewhat of a, a respite during the day to those who are so diligently taking care of them at the house. Okay, well, we're just about out of time. So if you could just share again where 
cherry blossom paces. I was wondering if on your website it indicates the geographic areas that, uh, say, in Northern Virginia that it covers. Where can listeners find more information? Sure. Um, if you go to the website, cherryblossompace.com, uh, it will tell you what zip codes we service. So if your address where the participant or potential participant lives, if your address has that zip code, you would be available to go through the enrollment process here at Cherry Blossom Pace. You can also go to the National Pace website, the npaonline.org, um, and you can type in your zip code nationally and see whether or not uh, there is a Pace program that services your area, and then it will tell you which one it is. So then it will tell you how to call them and contact them. Here for Cherry Blossom Pace, we really serve uh, Alexandria City, Arlington County, and about a little bit over half of Fairfax County. And if you have questions, you can reach out to us, again, toll-free, 888-524-2060. And the availability of PACE is not everywhere in Virginia, so you would have to kind of overlap them with our, our zip codes. Okay. Well, I want to thank Dr. Nicholas Joseph, Executive Director with Cherry Blossom PACE. And thank you so much, Dr. Joseph, for joining me today. Now, if you want to learn about Aging Matters, you can visit our website, which is agingmattersonline.com. And of course, at the site, you can access all of the Aging Matters radio and TV show content that we have produced over the last five years, as well, of course, as listening to the radio programs on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Aging Matters is produced in association with Ink Mouth Media, More information about that company can be found at inkmouthmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Aging Matters today. And remember, age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week. Matters on WERA is brought to you in part by Synergy Home Care. Synergy Home Care provides premier in-home care for you or your loved one throughout Northern Virginia, including personal care, homemaker services, companion and memory care, and transportation. Call 703-558-3435 or visit SynergyHomeCare.com for more information. Synergy Home Care will find a care solution to meet your needs.